once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the C Squared podcast with Corey and Curtis and Aaliyah. Today, we are joined by our very fabulous co-host, and we are here with the equally fabulous Natalie from Napalm Records, who is joining us again, braving the the hell that is this podcast, and it is quite awesome how outnumbered Curtis is, so I'm going to take a moment to just appreciate that. Um, but before we get started, I do just want to say thank you, Natalie, for joining us again. We super appreciate you taking the time to come back and give us more words of wisdom. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. And so for the people who did miss the last one that we did with you, and if you did and you're listening to this one, go back and listen to that one. Uh, do you want to give just like a little brief intro of who you are, what you do, what you're about? Yeah. So, um, I am the senior publicity manager for Napalm Records North America, um, which is essentially, uh, the North American branch of Napalm, which is based in, uh, Austria. And we have offices in, in Berlin, Germany as well. Um, and, uh, I basically manage all of the press, uh, goings on in North America. And I also run lead for all of our North American artists, as well as a few of the other ones that kind of, uh, do, uh, particularly better here. Uh, so, uh, that way, you know, our, myself and, um, John Freeman, who works with me of Freeman promotions, uh, is also, you know, we're, we're being, we're able to like really make sure that we're doing the right thing for those bands. Um, even if they are from another area because they do well here. Um, but, uh, I came from another company. Uh, that's where I started at adrenaline PR with Maria Ferrero. And before that I had done radio promotion interns. I was a radio, uh, program director for a college radio station. Um, interned a bunch of labels, did all that back when I was in like college, which is now like 15 years ago uh, and, uh, or like 16 or 17 years. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. Um, and, uh, but I've been here at Napalm for like almost two and a half years now, which is crazy. Cause I feel like I just, started. uh, and, uh, it's been great. So that's, that's me in a nutshell, in a nutshell, in a, in, in a, in a, in an almond shell. <laughs> yeah. Almonds are, Beautiful. almonds are good. Almonds yeah. are good. So, Natalie, um, for unsigned bands, um, in your opinion, when do you think they should start reaching out to PRs? So I like to see bands that have done a little groundwork. Um, Now, independent PR, uh, I mean, you sometimes need the independent publicist in order to get you that groundwork. So um, you know, if you don't have your own relationships. So like, if you aren't, you know, buddies with the guys over at like metal injection or something like that, like you might need uh, a little bit of a boost. Uh, so hiring an independent publicist is good for that. Um, because when you come, so I, I'll answer it like this. Like when we have bands that come to us, uh, I like to see that there's already been some groundwork done, um, that their socials are looking good, that they have a little bit of press, um, and that they've done that, that 
that groundwork already by reaching out to a few people. And if they don't, and the music is great anyway, like we'll still consider it. But, um, I think that, I think that when you have all your ducks in a row, uh, you have a good sound, you've got, you know, you've got some shows under your belt. Um, and there's something to promote. That's good. I think we talked about this on the last, uh, uh, episode that I was on a little bit where like, you should have something to promote. Um, it shouldn't just be like, we're a great band and we're playing some bars. So please cover us like have an album. Um, or, you know, we talked about like an EP. I think we even talked about, um, you know, that there are some bands that just will put out videos. I think we mentioned that spirit box was a band that I was doing that this year, but they're obviously massive. So if you're on like a local scale, it's not going to be the same, but if your videos are that impressive and you have a lot of marketing power behind it, you could, um, but just have something to promote uh, that's worthwhile. And I wouldn't start with a tour. Like, you know, I wouldn't hit up a publicist and be like, can you promote my tour when you have like nothing else that you've done and you have no footprint at all. Otherwise, um, that was a very long way of answering that question. (laughs) Great. No, and I have a a follow-up to that one. So say somebody does have those, those ducks in a row, they, they did one previous album. Now they're on their, their second album, or even if they don't, they're on their first album and they're ready to either reach out to publications on their own or hire a PR. How far in advance should they plan to start sending their album to publications? Cause unfortunately we get a lot of people who are like, it's the day before my release. I'm ready no. to start promoting. <laughs> no, please, please no. Um, so this is a hot topic. This is a hot topic for me because I recently uh, was aware of a publicist sending stuff out like way early and like, and, and this is the twofold answer actually, because the time that you set, the timing that you send it out and also the way that your publicist handles um making sure that those reviews don't run too early is really important or like too late or like, so uh, that's why I'm going to answer it twofold. So I would firstly say we typically, and prior to me working here for a list people, if I'm not already pitching you or you're not like super long lead print or something, the list goes at two months. Um, And then the second round typically for smaller digital outlets would be within the month, the the month leading up, because uh, usually a month, I think, is enough time for these writers to, you know, get their shit together and (laughs) write, write a review. If they need it longer and they, they can email me and say, Hey, I need, I need more time like on these. And if I trust them, I will give it to them early. But if I were just like a band sending out music, um, for, for really long lead print, you're going to need longer probably than two months, but for everybody else, that's important. Like the larger websites and things, two months, um, is, is my standard and the standard that I've heard from other labels and, um, what I did before. Uh, but like, I'll say this, like, for instance, like a magazine, like revolver or like the new Alpern or things like there, um, they're running like quarterlies or like five per year or something like that. Uh, like their next issue is happening in like April (laughs) and, uh, so it's December. So like, so if you want to be even considered for the following issue, which will come out in like July or something, um, you, 
you would need to get that to them pretty early. Uh, but that's like a handful of people. So, I mean, it's, it's staggered. It's very staggered. You're not just sending it all out two months in advance. So what I was saying previously is I was just catching when recently of a publicist sending stuff out like full albums to small blogs, like the day the album was announced. And, and then the reviews were like going up immediately. And I was like, ah, like this out, this band's not even putting out an album for three months. Like, and I mean, these are going to be buried by the time their record comes out and they're great reviews. So that kind of sucks. So, um, I like to tell people or, and I believe the understanding with most people that have been doing this for a while is like, don't run the review the day you get it, like hold it until maybe, two weeks to a week prior to the album release that way if it's not a super chill release uh, a super chill review that you're not like burning this album campaign for this band completely like before it's even out the door um so again i'm answering your question like twofold it's it's all it's a matter of getting it like a, a little bit early and all like and staggering it depending on who you're sending it to um and uh and your publicist or you telling those writers like, Hey, I'm going to send it to you now so you can assess it, but like, please don't put your review up yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so that fans can make their own assessment of the music, uh, early. I feel like I'm not really answering your questions. I'm adding like a thousand things to them, but I feel like it's all really important information yeah, that people totally. can learn from. So I'm just going and I hope that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's totally fine. It's all super important. And one other outlet that's kind of interesting since you brought up revolver is decibel even for their digital coverage, you need to get them like your premiere for your video or something like a month in advance because a lot of their writers will book up. Yeah, there'll be some last minute ones that people can do, but yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the- if you're a smaller band and you want to be on Decibel and you don't have like the force of a label behind you or anything like that, Decibel, get it to them early. Yeah. If you're an independent band and like, you're not already like for us, it's I like, I find it's not as difficult probably because like we're a label that works with them and, um, there's a relationship there. Um, but, um, you know, like we, we do try to give them at least a few weeks notice on a stream and you should do that for like any major site, like give them a heads up because they're planning out their coverage weeks in advance. And now with like, you know, it becoming podcasts and reaction video channels. And like, it's not just about blogs anymore. Like these guys are planning stuff out like weeks, months, months in advance. So like, I'm starting to pitch some of these guys really early for this kind of stuff. I usually pitch people by quarter. Um, and then I follow up on the quarterly, uh, so that they've already known about it for a while. Um, and they can assess that, but yeah, decibel, like you said, like digital, most websites like that, they giving them a heads up. Good is good. Um, um, you know, like you said, their writers are filling up. It's also sometimes, and I'm, I'm not saying this is about decibel, but other websites, um, for sure. Uh, they're, they could not have a lot of writers available, um, at the time. And so if you want to make sure that you are getting coverage, like you got to pitch them early because they might have like two guys that are like doing reviews right now. It looks like a big reputable site, but there's like a few guys like running it on the back end. And a year like this, where like 7 million albums came out all on top of each other, like they don't have, like the earlier you get in, like the more likely you are to, to get somewhere. So, yeah. I agree with that. A lot of the, you'd be surprised how small, and I don't mean you, but like 
listeners out there would be surprised how small some of the teams that these big websites can get. Yeah. I mean, even some of the magazines, like there's, it's like two guys like running the mag and then, or like one or like maybe under five people pretty much doing the editorial side of it. And then there's like all these writers, but it hits the editors first usually. And then they got to trickle down. Now, sometimes I'll go to writers. If I know there's a writer that like is constantly writing for that magazine and like, then I'll make sure to include them because it just saves a step. And a lot of times some editors don't like that. Other ones are like, thank you for saving me time. So it just, you have to know who you're doing it with first, but yeah, for sure. Am I screaming? I'm sorry. (laughs) I feel like I'm shouting. Okay. Cool. I have a microphone this time. I don't sound like I'm in a tube. It's exciting. Anyway. (laughs) I think Curtis has the next question. I I think we were on three, though, if I'm not mistaken, Corey. We (laughs) We don't even know where we are anymore because Natalie's answering 12 questions we didn't ask. That question, but I don't know if it was, it was perhaps answered in your previous answer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But Corey, go ahead and ask that if you want. It was a, uh, we're on a a promotion adventure right now, an odyssey, if you will. Yes, it is an adventure. An odyssey with Natalie. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Anyone that knows me, like if they ask me a question, they know they're going to be like paying attention for like a minute because it's always going to be like extra. The information about the information that was requested. So, (laughs) sorry. Cool. And then, so another another speed bump we run into when people are you know coming to us for campaigns and everything like that is their assets. So what all assets should bands have ready to go prior to launching their campaign? Oh my God, this is my favorite question. Pictures, professional <laughs> pictures. If you don't have more than like three, more than two, more than one in a lot of cases. And that one, and that one picture is like bad. Like, so like, please, for the love of God, (laughs) take pictures before you try to do a press campaign with anybody. Um, and a bunch of pictures that are like five years old with like your basis that's no longer in the band and the dude's hair has grown like 12 inches. That's also not great. Like, like you can, surprisingly, I would suggest hiring a professional, even if it's a professional locally that doesn't charge a lot, but you could probably like my fiance's band. I took their last pictures because I've seen a million press photos and I know what they look like. And they came out great. Like, and I'm not saying that because it was me. I'm saying that because like it was, they were used like everywhere. So it's like, they're they're You, you can get people that don't really have that skill to take good photos of you. Um, especially, and I don't know Curtis or if you guys handle any European press, but it seems like most of the European outlets, especially cause there's a million more of them. Um, they require a lot more photos, uh, than a lot of the outlets here. So if you're doing European press, uh, then you need even more. I think so uh like we'll have so for instance we'll have bands that come in with like uh two and then which is like unacceptable and then we'll <laughs> and they know it because I tell them and uh, then we'll have uh uh bands that come in with like 50 and then we're like looking through all of them and I would rather get a million pictures and and painstakingly pick through them than not so pictures are is the number one thing that bands usually forget to do somehow uh that's really important um make sure that you're coming in with like some background information about yourselves like it really helps to have pre-written material that we can work with just so we can learn about you any facts 
that are important for us to know about you, any awards that you've won, any like big festivals that you've played, like coming in with information uh, is, is really important. Um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, uh, having a logo is pretty good. You should have a logo. <laughs> um, you don't have, I'm going to say this, as long as you come in with a bunch of information that I can put together in a nice press release, I don't need a bio. There are a lot of writers that like need a bio still. Um, and they, they'll, they'll ask and I'll send them a press release and it works just fine. Um, mm -hmm. so, uh, I'm not one of those people that's like hanging on bios in 2022. Like I, yeah, bios are great. Uh, and certain artists need them. Uh, but other artists, especially smaller bands, you, I don't think you really need a bio when you're like first starting out. I think you just need to have like a one sheet would be nice, uh, with some facts and some things like that. Um, I feel like, am I not fully answering the question? I'm trying to think of anything else. I'm kind of blanking because usually our bands come in with a lot of this stuff already. And I can't, I'm trying to remember when I was independent, like all the things that, I that we, uh, we uh, had a problem with the cover art. Oh yes. <laughs> Do they not have a cover? <laughs> oh, well, God. Yeah. we've had come late and yeah. Okay. So yeah, have your art done, like all your art. Yeah, that's true. Have all your art done like ahead of time, like pretty much like have everything ready <laughs> before you hire someone. If you don't have like photos or album art or um, your social media is like non-existent, there's one, two, like things like that. You're not ready uh, to do a press campaign. Um, and if you have one picture that's really good and you're just doing like one announcement, that's cool. But if you're expecting the publicist to be pitching you to like a bunch of print magazines and a bunch of web articles and things like we're going to need more than two pictures. Uh, I know I keep hanging on the pictures. This was a bad <laughs> COVID time was a bad year and uh, two years uh, for pictures because no yep. one could take them. And I mean, we were working major album campaigns with like pictures that people's wives took. Like it was, it was rough, but it was understandable because yep. they, they had to. And I know I just, I took my fiance's pictures and then I just contradicted myself, but yeah. Um, uh, ooh. I mean, I feel like those are the, those are the three that stick out to me, like socials, pictures, art for sure. And, um, and having some sort of one sheet or information to work, to walk in with. I know I'm forgetting a million things, but yeah. Can yep. I ask a follow-up to that real quick? Yes. <laughs> um, um, for bands, like if they were in a situation where they couldn't hire a professional photographer, how, how would you recommend that they familiarize themselves how can they know if their pictures are good or not? That's a great question. Uh, and I've run into this a lot where bands hire someone that it, it, that is a professional and then I'll get the pictures and be like, these are bad. Like, uh, because either the style of the photo doesn't really match the style of the band um, and it, or, or, or it ages them. A lot of times, like you'll be taking photos with a photographer that like has been doing this for a long time. And so they've taken a lot of uh, more like legacy metal band photos, if that makes sense. And it's like a young band. And so like the clothes they're wearing and the style of the color, like, you know, everything just is dated. Um, that happens a lot. Um, 
And also to add to that, um, st- styling for photos is very, very important. I don't want to see wallet chains y'all it's 2022. Let's stop. Let's not do that. Um, like, you know, in prog bands, that makes no sense. Stop. Um, but I, I think you can tell I've had this problem, but I, uh, it's hard to answer your question because like, what do you do? Like if you don't have access to a pro that can tell you, I mean, I would say you go in with the person that you trust the most and that you, you look at their, you look at their other work, you see the work from the other bands that they've done. You, you go through that, you decide if you think it's a good fit and then you get the pictures and maybe you send them to some other bands that you trust and get their opinions and see if they think that it, if they look good. And if they don't like, unfortunately you might have wasted some money, but it, that is tough. Cause like I said, I've, I've had bands that send me photos and they're like, here's our pictures. And I'm like, Oh no, no. Like these are no one told, no one told them what to wear. Like no one stopped them. They went the whole way. They signed the check and it was like, Oh no, these are not mm-hmm. good. So that, that can be, but at that point you kind of just got to work with it. So again, I hope that answers that question, but there's, you just got to check out the work. You got to check out the work before you hire the person and, and, and hope that your pictures come out the way that you want them to. And if they don't, I hope you know a graphic designer or someone in Photoshop. <laughs> they yep. might need it. They might need to fix it. Put some smoke on it, you know. <laughs> yep. I got a lovely little smoke stamp brush thing that uh, I got in Photoshop. It's like, bam, fixed. <laughs> smoke fixes a lot. You got a guy with a little bit of a belly, and the photographer decided to take the picture from down here, like they've never taken photos before in their entire life. Put some smoke on it. It's like the new, uh, it's like the metal version of put a bird on it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Fixed. Yeah. Yeah. I've literally Photoshopped someone's face from one photo onto a photo where everybody else looked the best. Yes. (laughs) I've seen it. I've seen it done. Keep in mind though, bands, here's another thing to keep in mind when doing things like that and when requesting things like that photographers will probably include a handful of edits in the price that they're charging you for the set. Anything beyond a certain point, they might start to add fees for rightfully. So these people are working. They're not just people playing with a camera. It's their job and they deserve to be paid. So if you're like being crazy wild with asking for extra edits constantly, don't be surprised if they're like, Hey, we're going to have to add a little bit of money to this. Uh, so, so Keep that in mind with this conversation. Don't go wild. You might get a bill. Yep. So now moving right along. So the next question, you kind of answered this before, but how long do you think an optimum campaign is going to be? Uh, I would say... Oh, God. That also depends if you're touring. Um, mm-hmm. That depends on Let's if you are the... An album. Let's just say for an album. How long would, a, would you say an optimum campaign length would be for an album? If no you, t- if- not taking into account no tour no tour um it's so different now than it was because the way the magazines are like i said they're cutting into five issues a year like you could normally i would say three months like that's kind of what we like so we like to um and even that we're doing lead up work on it so like um say i'm putting out an album this friday so We would probably announce it in late September, early October, but we'd already be pitching print like well before that. So yeah, three, three to four months, 
I think for a standard is, is okay. Um, but again, it kind of depends on the band that you are, how many singles you're willing to release, how many video assets you have. So if you've got like an album and two songs, like you might not, and you're not going to get in print, like you might not need to pay for five months when it, and I'm talking not about you, but um, there's other indies that do this. Well, they'll like pad on like months of like time for a band that's like this big. And it's like, you're not going to do much with in five months, you're going to do a month's work in five months. So you probably don't need all that time. Um, but for a larger band, and I think for a band that has a lot of assets and a lot of activity and a lot of stuff to do, like that's going to push it out. So three to three to four months standard four five, four or five months mark is when we're starting to pitch people. Um, in long lead. And then the two month, the three to two months is when we're like really gunning for all like the digital stuff. So just to follow that up, would you say that would be the same for like the big uh, rush of October, November, <laughs> September? I always find the earlier, the better on that. So again, yeah, it kind of depends. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, but so this is, but this is what I, this is where I'm at with this. Like, yeah. I wish that I could, like when I'm hiring independents, I wish I could be like, all right, I'm going to hire you for a month in like July or like, no, it's like, so say it's coming out in September. I'm going to hire you for a month in like April or like (laughs) even earlier or something to do all of the long lead stuff. And then I'm going to hire you for three months before that, because it's like, there's a month period or two month period in there where like, it's, there's going to be a dip and you're only kind of pitching that band. And like, I like in the midst of all the other clients that you have. So, I mean, bands are paying for a large chunk of time, but the amount of work that's getting done in that time, if they're a small band, it's like, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to quantify that. Um, like, so, but that doesn't make sense at the same time, because like you guys can come up with ideas during that time. You can be doing a lot of stuff. So again, it's, it's hard uh, now it that is. I'm on the other side of it. It's hard to like justify the spend sometimes. Cause I'm just like, mm-hmm. I know they're not going to really be working hard on this band in that two month yeah. period there in between long lead and, and everything else. If I'm hiring them for six months, like I, I know there's going to be a dip, but I'm paying the same amount for it. Uh, yeah. So it's, but like, that's it. It doesn't, it would be, it would be unfair for me to nickel and dime at like that too. Cause again, mm-hmm. being prior indie, it's like seeing people try to be like, well, we're going to pay you 2000 for this month. And then we're going to dip down to a thousand and then we're going to come back up. It's like, yeah. but what if yep. I get you a sick feature in those two months that I'm not going to get after that? So how do you quantify that? It's yep. weird. Again, I know. I, answering I know. long, long version question. <laughs> I know it's a tough question to answer, but just before we go to the next one, just talking about the big rush period, just uh, can you kind of go over with people like kind of like what they can expect, like if they release in November and October, because nobody ever listens to us. They always say we want to release October, November, and they do it anyways. So this is a tough question because if you have a tour, obviously, and that's touring season, Obviously, you want to put out your album around your tour. To deter you from doing that might not really make sense. So you could do well selling your album on the road, although if vinyl's not available, that's going to be hard. (laughs) Uh, But, um, you know, 
I, promotionally, I'm like, y'all are on top of each other and it's, it's, everything's cannibalizing everything else. Um, it's, it's hard because when there's bands like Mastodon and Whitechapel and Cradle of Filth and all these people putting out records within like a week of each other for like three months, (laughs) it's all of the smaller bands it's harder to get them coverage. It, it was very difficult to get coverage for, for smaller bands uh, in comparison to how it usually is uh, this fall, especially for print. I mean, print mm-hmm. was full. Like I, I um, had to deal with this uh, this year. I did a cover for an artist and I ended up um, I was, I knew how big the fall was going to be and how packed they were going to be. And I was able, because our announcement date based on our, our launch date, I was able to move it to the issue, um, prior and actually add a cover. Uh, so, cause that artist was pretty in demand. So, uh, it was, it was, it was so that we weren't buried by all these other bands and it worked out. Um, but that's not always that easy. And with these small bands, it's like you either, you got to find the people that like them or you're you're out so um or you have to get in really early like you said and if you don't know that that album's coming super early you can't do that so you said you saying getting in early at that time of year that's not a bad idea um but i would like again if you're not touring like if you're not touring don't i i don't see any reason unless i mean currently promotionally promotionally because i can't speak for all the other reasons that bands want to put out records yep. but promotionally if you're not touring i don't know why you would put out an album in the fall um or like in a hot release period um yep. you're gonna you're probably gonna have better charting results if you're not releasing on top of other artists you're gonna have better visibility with press um you're going to have more attention from your team because they're not going to be spread thin. Um, Like it's, it's the, some of these smaller bands, some of them had good reasons to release them. And then there were other bands that were just like, well, especially independent. I'm not going to talk about my own bands because I don't know why they release albums when they do, unless they're touring. I don't, I don't have anything to do with that, but at Napalm, but um, when I was an independent, there would be bands that would want to release things at times like that. And and it was just like, oh, just because we've had it for a while and we're like tired of sitting on it. And I'm like, that's not a good reason. I actually, that makes my blood boil when bands say that. Like, oh, we just want to put it out because we've we've recorded it like a year ago. And I'm like, that's not a good reason. <laughs> like yeah. you, you, you need to strategy, you need to have strategy when you're picking your dates. Um, there are bands that will specifically put their stuff out in like January so they chart higher. Like there's bands that do this kind of stuff. So yep. So- Here's one. Your thoughts on releasing anything on Black Friday? I hate Ooh. it. <laughs> I hate it. I we we I mean we didn't put out anything on Black Friday this year. Well, I think we always feel like um cool is it cool to say yeah it's on Black Friday. Yeah, well sure, but like we we're focusing on pre-order. So like I mean mostly. So like to me if I can just put it out the week beforehand, like, cool. What that week of Thanksgiving to me is like a dead week. Um, and, and if you're looking at like a promotional cycle for an artist, the week of the release is when, you know, there's going to, there's supposed to be a lot of activity. There's supposed to be a lot of attention on them. There should be a lot of focus from the media on what they're doing that week. There's going to be a music video. There's going to be a bunch of press dropping, like there's reviews, like all kinds of shit. If you're doing that on Thanksgiving week, like what are you doing? 
Like, I mean, and that's, and then your whole team is working on Thanksgiving. Like, it's like, like, like I'm, I'm way not into that. Um, but that's just my personal opinion. Um, I don't know how that does for other artists. Um, I will say that I've done launches on black Friday week and pre-orders that week. And, um, it's been a cluster F because of all the people that aren't available because they're taking off like, and not just not, not, I don't mean like our team. I mean, like just there's so many people involved in an album launch and so many people involved in something. Why would you want to, why would you want to put something out on a day when a ton of people are just like MIA like it or, or on a week, I wouldn't put things out like Christmas week, uh, like even Memorial day weekend and stuff. I just like, if media is not there cause they're out on the beach somewhere and they're not posting about your album, it's like, you could have put this out the week before and probably got the exact same results. So I, I don't know I, what, do you see any benefits to putting things on black? I'm curious because I, I that's my opinion. No, not at all. At, not even a little, cause like, <laughs> not even a little. I, I have the benefit of working in like both arenas. Cause I work for a couple of publications and I work in PR. So it's like, usually because I have no life, I am the only one at the publication so if, if there is anyone really doing any, like a whole lot at all. So it's like, you're going to get ignored if yeah. you start. Yeah. It's just not going to, it's not going to happen because there's nobody there. There's nobody, like a lot of the press people aren't present. Um, people that are like fans. Like, so there are some people that say, there are some people that argue that on weeks like that, fans are paying more attention because they're not working. You know, you've heard that. I'm sure you have, like, they're not working. They're not, but you've had two months to order the record. So, I mean, again, it's like you're uh, announcing it a week before. I just don't see how it's going to make a difference. The only reason to put it out on black Friday is for like the kitsch factor, I guess, unless you're doing like some sort of sale, Maybe. Yeah. And that sale is going to discount that artist, right? Like, in, like, so say like, I don't, I don't, we, I think we do black Friday stuff. Maybe I can't recall, but, um, I don't do web store, so I'm not quite sure. Um, but, um, unless there's some sort of like cool incentive or like, you're going to be headlining at Macy's in New York on black Friday, like, you know, like, unless there's something, I just don't know why you would allow yourself to be buried by like a holiday. Like it just, I, that's just my opinion. And yeah, we, 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 we actively here promotionally, our PMs, our, our management level, like we, we, when we plan things here, we actively try to avoid major holidays, um, for anything, uh, because there's plenty of time for them to order that record in advance. And we want people to be present. We, on the band side and on the fan, like on the media side, we want them to be present, like, and paying attention. Well, I was going to just actually quickly ask you about that just as a follow-up, if you've ever had a problem with, with the release dates being set for holidays in the U.S. because it's primarily a European label, because like for us, we had four releases come out on the 26th, but they were all Europeans. There were no North America, but we do both. So it wasn't as big of a problem, but I'm wondering if that is a problem with you guys. At all. Yeah, so it's not. Um, I don't know if it was prior to me working here, but it's not because sure. honestly, we all communicate like we all, sure. and that's something that's great about, I don't, I don't know how other bands do it, but we are, we are 
across the pond communication constantly. Uh, so like we, when we plan things out, people, you know, the PMs are sending us timelines and we can see like anybody can chime in. So we'll like all be anyone involved in that record is on a big, big email. And like somebody from team America, whether it's me, our label manager, Sean, like Bram, like somebody will chime into the email and be like, Oh, that's black Friday, move it. And they'll be like, Oh, okay. What do you suggest? Uh, but cause we need to put it out that week. I'll be like, okay, well, if you're putting it out that week, we might want to put it out on like the Tuesday and that's the latest I would put it out, like something like this. So we'll have a whole conversation about it. Um, sure. So they're very open to our, um, what we believe is not good promotionally and vice versa. Like, so there's a big holiday uh, in GSA the first week of uh, January. And uh, we typically, like we would start being like, okay, we're back, boom. But like, we, we actually pay attention to that holiday because um, a lot of our artists, are European and a lot of them really appeal more to a European, uh, uh, territory, like, or demographic. So like, that's not the right word, but you know what I mean? So, um, or they, or they just, they just do better there than they do here. So it, it behooves us to also pay attention to their holidays here. So I might be like, we're putting a devil driver record, uh, in 20, uh, nine, which I think, or no, 2020. And, um, if, if, if the European team was like, we want to put this, or if we were like, we want to put this out the first week of January, they'd be like, no, cause we have a holiday and we would listen. Yeah. Fair. Okay. Yeah. And just the other thing is just because those bands are European doesn't change the fact that the North Americans are gone that yeah. week. Yes. Still, and even European band, they'll still want North American coverage. It, well, that's the thing we have to explain to them is, and I think that, I think what this comes down to typically, and again, I, I don't, I haven't worked another label. I don't know what's happening, but based on when I've heard other people and other publicists complain about this, it's usually because somebody's not communicating with their team and they're just like scheduling stuff or the artist was like demanding it and they're like a flagship artist or like a priority artist and like they don't want they they, they want that artist to be happy and it was probably like a like a tug of war and it, it ended up being that way um but but by doing that that artist is actively choosing to ignore the advice of the staff that works for them like so basically if we're like hey you don't want to do this and they're like yeah we do it's like okay <laughs> So yeah. if it, if it ends up not working on your favor, like yeah. you, we, what, we, we, we warned you and, and that's, yeah. you know, yeah. And that's what we always do people. If you want to release on black Friday, we're telling it's a bad idea, but if you won't listen, you don't listen, but I've yeah. told you. Yes. Yeah. And again, and again, I'm only speaking promotionally. Like there's for the web store. Like if I had the web store, our web store manager here, he might be like, yeah, I love putting stuff out on the black Friday. Yeah. Like, it's like, I'm just speaking promotionally, but yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I have flat out said to artists, like you will be buried by this thing. And I yeah. feel like this is not a good idea. And, and the manager will come back and be like, they just, they really want this. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's fine. As long as they know, as long yeah. as they heard what I said and they, uh, they understand it. Godspeed. Yeah. <laughs> Godspeed. I'm the same way with that. Uh, what about things like uh, just just to wrap up on this? And I'm, I know we're running long, and I know we got more questions to go. But, <laughs> of course we are, because it's me. But but yeah. just but to wrap up on this, like weeks like Christmas and New Year's Eve and stuff like that, you're also saying no as well, right? I mean, 
So this is, this is tough. So Halloween I'm okay with because I think Halloween is like, because it's metal, like we can do a lot of kitschy stuff, but now everyone's trying to put out their spooky album on Halloween. And it's like, all right, like there's too much, like they're gonna, and the horror sites aren't as like gunning for metal as they used to be because people awesome, awesome flag wavers for metal, like Jonathan Barkin and people like that no longer work at these places. Although there are people like Brad who work at uh, uh, um, Bloody Disgusting and um, and John and Josh who just left Red Central. He was awesome, but they were they were they champion metal, so that's awesome. But it it was a little bit more in the past, um, I think. But um, uh, so we actually do have band a band that's putting out something on New Year's Eve. I don't oh. think that I don't think that I was involved in that, um, and I don't. And promotionally, it's going to be a kind of tough, but um, we were able to do their whole press campaign leading up into this time. And I was able to hit some people up early. So we got some good stuff, but they're also an artist that is primarily um, 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 like they're very themey. Um, and so this kind of works for them and they are like a band that has like a cult following. So like sure. their fans are really the ones who are going to be like behind this, like do, with all that first week, like buying power and pre-order. So I think it works for them. Um, but if you were just like an average Joe band, no, I would avoid the holidays for real. Um, because also this is something we haven't brought up a lot of these sites, like they kind of shut down like for yep. the month of December and they're doing like their end of year lists. They're doing, you know, they're, they're, they're automating coverage basically for a long time. And, uh, and if you're putting out something around the holiday, that's causing us, your publicist, not that we're complaining, but we have to pitch you like a month earlier than we normally would so that we'll be like, Hey, I know this album comes out on like January 15th, but <laughs> I know it's November uh, or like October 28th, but it's because I know I'm going to lose you for like the entire month of December. Like once Hanukkah starts, people are like, start to even Thanksgiving yeah. people, people start to like sign yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. And it depends, like you can, a lot of times you can get smaller site coverage, but once you start getting to the medium and the higher, it's like. Yeah, no. Yeah. So I I would avoid, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, So I think we're done on that follow-up. So I think it's now Aaliyah's turn, finally. Cool. So now once a band has chosen a good release day based off of their professional advice (laughs) from their staff, after the album comes out, is there any value in promotions after it comes out? I will say again, unless you have a tour or an asset, um, I prefer to have those things. So like, um, like hiring someone after the album comes out, I would have something to promote. Like, so like, so we talked about like if you were just hiring somebody for music videos if it's after the fact and the album has already worked that's cool like even if it's like a month later or like two months later or and like you're just trying to like throw in some like post uh, like phase two assets or something like that that's cool um so i would say you could hire people for that again yeah like i said tour if you have some sort of activity that's cool but like if you're just releasing an album and then like two months later you decide to just hire people for just like some extra stuff I wouldn't do that because I think a lot of sites are like being so bombarded and, and, and magazines are being so bombarded with future stuff that they're just like not even you're unless you're doing something super groundbreaking I feel like they're always gonna give precedence to the people that are ahead um because they're planning ahead um like months ahead so yeah. I I would say no unless you have something uh 
worth promoting. Although I will say a lot of times bands I'm working stuff just ends up running and getting done afterwards. Cause people just like, haven't had time, especially right now. Oh my God, my stuff is running later than it ever has because of the, um, because of the bandwidth issue. And also because like pitching wise, it's like, there's just so many of them. <laughs> like, so like sometimes these, these writers aren't even getting to my pitch until like two weeks after they normally would. So it's running like a week after or two weeks after the album comes out, which is not ideal for me, but at the end of the day, coverage is coverage and I'm, I would rather take it than not take it. So, yeah. So yes, I, I, I say it's worth it. If you have something, if not, I would, I would start working on your next record, put your money in your, put money in your effort towards your next release, your tour, all that. Specifically, yeah. um, like music videos coming out. I've seen some artists on Napalm doing music videos after mm-hmm. their albums come out. Yes. Um, so how would, how do you compare that to music videos before? Um, so the reason that we like to do those is just to keep the buzz going on the record. Um, like obviously like, you know, just because the Unleash the Archers album came out in August, 2020, like we don't want people to just like forget about it because especially uh, albums that came out in the summer or, um, the spring, like you've also got like Grammy season and Juno season. And like, you want people to keep seeing you like, there's also, um, you know, you just, you just want to, you want to still have that, um, that uh vibe of being active uh so like we put out um unleash the archers we put out a, a video for their song legacy which is like the best song on the album it's awesome um they they put it out like months after the album came out and fans were like oh my god yes you did a video for this this is the best song like and so so like i always think phase two is important just to keep reminding people that may have missed it like their head was in the sand. They were in another country. They didn't know who you were like at the time, like something. <laughs> and, and, and they're like, Oh crap. Like unleash archers put out a record. Awesome. Like I, I didn't know that or, Oh, I forgot about this. And I meant to buy this like, okay. Um, just too many bands like go like boom, 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 boom. And they just like drop off and then it's forgotten. So um, I, I, we do that a lot, but the bands, it kind of depends on if they, want to do that or they have the ability to do that um some of them don't um and that's okay sometimes we'll come up with other things we actually used to do like phase two plans before things got crazy and we like didn't have time but we used to actually try to be like okay like what can we do in the months following to like continue to impact in like certain places so yeah well the other thing that a band can do too like just kind of sort of on topic but not really like if they if they try to promote their album after release like let's say they kind of drop the ball they could also do like a vinyl release or like a tape release or something like that so yes yeah sometimes we'll put out another variant or something if we think it's something that will sell um yeah. yeah 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 totally um i think we basically covered the video question now so leah did you have something else I don't know. You could ask it the way that it's written and maybe it would yield a different answer. It probably will. So how can you best utilize a music video? Oh boy. No, take it back. I don't know how to answer this question. Um, like promotion, <laughs> like promotionally. Um, I feel like I need more definition on that question. How can I utilize it? Like, yeah, yeah, like utilize it to get sales, get more promotion, that type of thing. 
Like, should they do a premiere? Should they just put it? Okay, up? so like, what should you do with it? Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, utilize, that's what that word means. But no, I for some reason, I wasn't understanding. I, my, sure. I'm getting like Discord notifications on. Oh, it's his, <laughs> no, hold on. It's his, it's, it's his Google, his Google um, chat. Okay, I'm turning it off. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? Um, so, um, press releasing, sharing it all over the place. Um, the algorithm for, uh, well, YouTube, people are all of YouTube right now. That's why reaction channels are blowing up right now because YouTube, especially right now with COVID, that's where people are. So having music video is really important. Um, and if you think you're like, yeah, we'll just, we'll just make like five lyric videos. Why don't you make like one music video and like yeah. one lyric video like just do that because the music videos are going to get more plus if you do music video you might get reacted to and that'll boost you even more um but pitch like if you're asking like what i would do like what i would do with it maybe i'm trying to figure out like you said you put it in a press release is that what you said no not necessarily what did no, you what say like i'm premieres. would you do a premiere should they do a premiere or not i guess what i'm trying to kind of ask you is like should should bands be doing nowadays okay <laughs> yeah like how like what when you have a music video like what should you do with it after that point so like i would i don't know why my brain is not like wrapping around this question i'm so sorry um because you're asking it perfectly and i'm just like duh uh so yes um so if you're an independent band if your youtube channel doesn't have a lot of views uh if you're um if you need visibility um, that you don't already have, or like you're still kind of mid-level, I think premieres are really important because not only do they give you some clout um, mm -hmm. and put you on the map, um, and a lot of times sites will do premieres when they otherwise would not feature you because it's mm -hmm. also benefiting them um, and the shares that you give them. Uh, so yes, so for those reasons, I would definitely say for an independent artist or for an artist that's growing, a premiere is good. Um, for I'll, I'll say it for just for us, like at Napalm, um, we don't do a lot of them only because we have 2 million subscribers on YouTube. So our algorithm is going to like completely eclipse anything that any website can do. I'm talking about like, I'm not going to name those sites because I want them to work with me, but like the yep. biggest music sites that there are like don't get us the views that we get in that initial two hour, like big algorithm push that we get on our YouTube. So it really depends on where your video is, is, is living. Um, if your algorithm is going to be better, not with, um, without like, so with, let me go back with premieres, they usually embed like an unlisted video. So when the video is unlisted and it's only available through a website, um, the only way people are going to see that is through that website or through the shares that are, um, that come from, uh, sharing that article. Um, and people can go into the embed and they can share the YouTube channel, but you know, like Facebook, they're like completely just muting like YouTube shares. Um, unless a video is embedded natively to Facebook, it basically doesn't go anywhere. Um, so, um, like, you you you're limited by doing that you're limited to what views can be brought to you from the social media shares meaning the people that will actually click through the whole article to watch your video or mm -hmm. um the people that are just already on the site watching it um whereas if you run it on youtube initially that algorithm is going to work itself and you're going to share that video directly um so so 
yeah, it, it kind of depends on the size and the place that you're, that you're premiering it. So, um, but if, again, if you're a small band hiring independent PR, you've got like 3000 fans on Facebook and like, you've never toured before and, but you're, you're a rad band and your video is awesome. Like, yes, definitely get yourself in front of a, a, a premiere and, and do that. I hope that answers that question. <laughs> I, I think so. Um, I had one more follow-up on it. What do you think about exclusive premieres out of curiosity? That's exactly kind of what I'm referring to. Re- exclusives? Okay. Not just like streams. Okay. Um, yeah. Like I'm, I'm referring to exclusive video premieres that, uh, cause the, uh, the YouTube video to be unlisted for like a 24 hour period or however long they want it. Like good for exposure for a smaller band, maybe not so great for a band that, um, the algorithm on the place that they're hosting the video, like a really high subscriber count YouTube channel, prob- it's actually probably um, doing you a disservice. Um, uh, I would partner it another way. If I, uh, you know, what I do is uh, for my artists, instead of for premiere, I'll actually just send people the music video, like the priority web people. I'll send them that stuff 24 hours in advance uh, with like a Vimeo link or something with a password that I'm just like, here's the video, here's the press release, check it out. Like if you can post it tomorrow, awesome. And a lot of times with the priority stuff that gives them an advance on that so that if for some reason, I don't know, but like Slipknot's announcing a tour and uh, somebody else at the exact same time as like my press release, my article's already written. So mm-hmm. so I'll do that instead of doing a premiere um, because that'll, that'll um, guarantee that I'm getting that video coverage on the same site that would do the same premiere. Um, the only thing is I'm not giving them that, that thing that's special, but I'll try to come up with something else to give them. So I'll be like, maybe I can give you a playthrough or maybe I can give you something that doesn't have that like algorithmic power that a music video um, or track premiere would have on, on YouTube. Yeah. Fair. But um, that's for Napalm. If I, when I was independent, I did premieres all the time and it made total sense for a lot of the bands that I worked. So it's yep. kind of different. Yeah, no, totally. Um, do either of you two have anything else you guys want to ask Natalie before we wrap up? I'm sure Leah though does. Oh, uh, I was just going to say kind of on that same topic. Is there like a way that a band can know which sites, what sites will benefit them based off of like their follows versus the sites follows or like, yes. how, do you, how do you know when a site is going to be a good site for you. So there's a few things in my mind. One is think about the sites that you actually read and that you think your friends actually read. Don't just go by like, so it's like you, you know, or, and think about what kind of band you are. So like your band might not make sense for Labwire. Your band might make more sense for, um, an outlet like decibel and while an outlet like decibel online might not have nearly the amount of clicks that a site like Labwire has, their social media is in pretty good shape and they're going to share it on social media. So like, you have to look at the social numbers as well as, you know, the, you know, the, 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 the clout of that um, outlet. Um, there's a handy dandy little site that all of us know about uh, called Moostat uh, that actually has uh, ratings uh, that you can see the like, uh, probably not super accurate, but you can see the, but, but it's close and you can see the click rates, um, the visitors and the views on sites. Um, you can even see where the, where the, where the server, the IP is hosted. Like you can see everything. Um, so that's how we're able to see how big, how the traffic um, on different sites are, um, 
as well as a bunch of other tools, a lot of people pad the views that they get on their sites. Um, and I'm not saying these sites like Moostat and, you know, whatever the other one is, I can't think of it. They're um, similar web, like they're not super accurate. I'm not saying we rely on them solely, but yeah. So I would look at those things again, social media, like, so for instance, I had a band that was, I did have a band that was doing a premiere at one point and they were like between like three sites. And I was like, well, this site has the biggest name. Uh, and is probably the most uh, aligned with the type of bands that you guys are aligned with, which is really important um, because then you know the fans of those bands are going to see your stuff. Uh, But their social media account is way lower than the other two options. And uh, you, you, that might be how your article gets shared is, uh, because otherwise if it's just going online, you don't actually know how many people are going to see it. Cause think about it, we're publicists. So like we don't count, but we're on websites all the time. But as a fan, like, are you sitting on like music websites all day long? Like all of them, like up in your browser, like, no, like you're on Facebook, you're on Twitter, you're on this, and you're waiting for that shit to like hit you. So if no one's sharing it and the count, the counts are really low, that website could be great for you, but no one's going to see it. So I would keep in mind, I would pay attention to those two, two to three factors when you're picking. Cool. So I think we need to wrap up because we've been an hour. So um, (laughs) block, block out an hour to an hour and a half. Anytime you have me on the show, I'm so sorry that I'm so chatty. It's been a lifelong problem for me. No (laughs) need to apologize. We love it. Um, How you are. (laughs) nice so natalie do you have any final words that you want to say before we wrap up um just kind of what i said before everything it's more of a disclaimer because this is this is where my anxiety kicks in everything i'm saying is based on promotional stuff i i have nothing to do with web store i have nothing to do with sales i have nothing to do with product management i have nothing to do so all of these are my opinions also based on me being a former independent a lot of this has nothing to do with what i've done at napalm too so um so if there's anything in here that another industry person hears and they're like, I don't really agree with that. Well, I'm a publicist. So that's my opinion as a publicist. I've never done any other job. <laughs> so um, so we, we can fight it out on the street. <laughs> but um, sometimes I hear other, I hear other uh, people on podcasts and I'll be like, that's not accurate at all. But it's like, you know what? That's, that's their life though. That's what they've experienced. And just because I haven't experienced doesn't mean it's not true. So I just wanted to say that. Um, also, we have a lot of great albums that are coming out um, uh, next year that we've kind of already announced. Uh, we've got Hammerfall and Persephone and Dagobah and I've got Infected Rain. We've got a lot of really good records that are coming out. So please keep an eye out for those. And then we've got a metric uh, booty ton of uh, stuff coming out in the uh, late spring into summer and fall, which is normal. Um, but some really cool stuff. We had some big signings this year that you should keep an eye out for records like um, Wednesday 13 and Nile and uh, and lots of lots of like big cool stuff. Um, and we're gonna keep going, so it's gonna be awesome. Very Thank you cool. for having me. That I would like to say as well. Thank you for having me twice and putting up with the machinations of. <laughs> have you the third time, dude. We're probably it's gonna happen. Hey, yep. I mean, as long as no one stops me, then <laughs> you never know. Someone might be like, "Hey, we don't want you doing that," but no, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> Again, fight me on the street. It's fine. My, my little fists with Christmas nails on them. Fight me. Okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so thank you for coming on with that party on Corey. Party on everybody. <laughs> If you enjoyed this podcast, 
Please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice. You can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about. Thanks for listening to C-Squared.